Thank you for joining us today and a big thank you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. Karen and I have been trialing their designs for a few months and we can happily recommend them. All designs are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Hi there, this episode is for you if you've ever had a trip or a fall on a run. And probably the first thought you've had is, oh no, how is this going to affect my training? But the second thought you need to have is what can I do from a nutritional point of view to support the wound healing so that I can get back to my running as quickly as I can. So today we're going to share with you our nutritional first aid tips and we hope you'll find them really helpful and we hope that you don't ever have to use them but they're there for you just in case. Hello and welcome to She Runs, Eats, Performs, the podcast for female runners of all abilities. Please join Karen Campbell and Aileen Smith, nutritionist friends and runners, who are here to help you translate sports nutritional science into easy to apply tips and plans, helping you enjoy peak running performance. And especially adding in the female factors every woman needs to know to be a healthy runner. The suggestions we make during this episode are for a guidance and advice only, and are not a substitute for medical advice or treatment. If you have any concerns regarding your health, please contact your healthcare professional for advice as soon as possible. If you'd like help from Karen and Ailey to design a personalized sports nutrition plan for your running, please contact them at Runners Health Hub. everyone I'm Karen and I'm here with Aileen as always and our topic today is nutritional first aid for runners so that's first aid for wounds now it is something that I think we all dread happening but occasionally we might trip we might slip or fall or lose our balance and crash to the ground now the results can be cuts and graces cuts and gashes sometimes minor but sometimes they can be a bit more serious now at best it's a little painful and at worst it might be an injury that takes you away from your training hopefully not but today we thought we'd share some nutritional first aid tips really to help you recover well so that you can get back to your run training as soon as possible so Aileen do you have any trips or fall injury stories that you can share with us um, well, yeah, I have had a couple of falls which have affected my running, but um, not actually whilst I was actually running. Um, oh. But, you know, when I was walking and I had accidents and then it stopped me running. <laughs> um, so the famous uh, incident was about three years ago when I, I slipped on some ice um, when I was just outside my house and it resulted in a broken wrist, which took me out of action quite a long time Um, and ironically I'd actually been out running the day before and it had been icy and and I'd been fine Uh, so it was really annoying that it happened in such a a sort of I don't know pedestrian sort of way really Um, and obviously my other nasty accident which I shared with everybody in more recent months was uh, tripping on a paving stone and I really badly bashed my face uh, which took two to three weeks to heal and although technically it shouldn't have affected my running I just felt absolutely dreadful and I had a lot of pain and swelling and really outdoor activity just was not on the agenda until I was fully recovered Um, so those are the two uh, major ones that I can remember Karen what about you? Well, I would say they are major, Aileen. You know, they're quite uh, quite significant falls, aren't they? And I have to say that I've experienced a few falls in my time as well, um, mostly actually when I've been running, although I have had some outside of running as well. And um, it, like you and like we were saying earlier, you know, a few have just resulted in grazed knees and a bruised ego, of course, that always goes with a fall. Um, however, others have taken me out of my running for a while. There was was one incident where I went over my ankle and I do have 
hyper flexible ankle so it can occur really easily for me and the swelling and the bruising was so severe that I actually had to stop training for a while and um and that was really frustrating and then after that there was another incident where again I twisted my ankle and I was just walking this time and it was just so annoying it was dark and there was this hole in the ground and I didn't see it and my foot went in sideways, so went right over in my ankle. And I think this is maybe an injury that I did share with with everybody and shared how I I healed um, through it. But that was really, really painful, I have to say. And uh, it was so painful, I thought I'd broken it and I had to go and have it checked out, but it was okay. Um, and there was also one other occasion that I'll mention and that was when I was like, because Bella comes running with me everywhere and, you know, she's really good and she's usually by my side or she's in front or behind and, and she's very, very good. But she managed to get under my feet and I tripped over her and I went down and I hurt my knee really badly, both inside and out. And again, that took me out of my training and I was not happy. And I was very cross with Bella um, at the time for getting under my feet. But I have to say, you know what dogs are like? They just look at you with these sad lab eyes for her. And I I couldn't stay cross with her for long. But I was, you know, it was just frustrating because I was out of running yet again. I know. It's just so awful. I mean, it's just just what you dread, isn't it? Any of those things happening, um, not good. Absolutely. Anyway, today, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the types of gashes and wounds. You know, mine didn't really have gashes as such, but um, but just wounded mostly in the inside, maybe grazing on the outside. But we're going to look at, you know, the types of gashes and wounds that you can you can deal with yourself. What we would say is that you should really get medical help if you think anything is embedded in the wound say for example grit or gravel and certainly if there's any glass or if the wound is large and looks like it might need stitches or stapling or gluing um, or if or if it just doesn't stop bleeding so it is really important to get medical um, support in those times now with an injury early treatment is is really important and likely to save you time and pain in the longer term so getting help early and having a focused strategy for recovery will really help towards enabling that early return to training so with that in mind, the aim of today's episode is to, to really help you make a speedy recovery if you are ever unfortunate enough to have an accident resulting in a wound, because we want you to get back to full running strength as soon as you possibly can, because that's always what a runner is aiming for. So today, what we will do is we'll look at immediate action that you could take. And then we'll look at the aim of a nutritional program to support that wound healing and wound recovery. And then finally, we'll look at some prevention uh, prevention ideas, because prevention is always better than cure. So just being aware of what you can do to potentially avoid having a running accident um, at the outstart. So a lot of our discussion is based on common sense. However, we may tend to underplay an injury, really. So we thought it would be helpful to recap on the important steps to take to look after yourself, really. So what would, thinking about all of that we've said so far, Aileen, what would be the first steps that you would suggest to somebody if they, if they, um, if they fell when they were out running and they'd injured themselves? Well, I suppose the first thing that anybody should do is just check the extent of, of your injury. Um, I know my first thought always is, have I broken a bone? I mean, I probably didn't think that before I've broken a bone, but certainly since then, that it is my first uh, thing to think about. I think, oh, phew, I don't think I've broken a bone. Um, so, I mean, that's my personal experience of a fracture is that you you know when you've broken a bone because of the pain that you'd be in. Um Although I know that some people sometimes have stress fractures that they might not realise at the time. Um, I'm certainly having flashbacks here, Karen, just thinking about it. And actually, you know, we're recording at the time of year that it happened. I think it was a couple of weeks 
into the future, maybe early December. So we're getting to that point of the year where I'm getting conscious of uh, what's going on around me. Um, so anyway, um, moving on. Another thing to consider um, is that you might not actually be able to see the extent of the wound if your clothes are covering it. So you know, sometimes it's when you get home and you're having a look, you think, oh, actually, this might be worse than I, than I first thought. But really, the things that you should be checking for are swelling, uh, what pain level you're in, do you have an open wound, is there a potential broken bone or stress factor, as I've just mentioned, and also is there a potential soft tissue injury? And and often, you know, you can get a combination of these things when you have a fall or a trip um, so that, you know, you might be actually treating more than one thing. It might not just be an open wound. Uh, and then I think, you know, from that, you can make an ass assessment. You know, are you well enough to continue your run? You know, as you said earlier, you tend to pick yourself up, dust yourself off and hope nobody's seen you do it. And then you you go on it on your way. But when you are making that initial assessment, just decide, is it okay to continue running? Or maybe you should walk home, or maybe you even need to get some help there and then to to get home or to get to, you know, the A&E if it's more serious. Um, so, I, Karen, I, I've got this recollection of a time that you had to be taken to A&E when you had an accident on a run. Yeah, actually, Aileen, you're right. I did have an accident, but I was actually cycling at the time. And um, God, I'd actually forgotten about that incident until just now. Um, but um, it, it, it was awful. It was an awful crash landing. And um, it was one of those moments where one minute you're cycling along and then the next minute you're on the ground and you've no idea what happened. Um, and uh, it, I, you know, I was very lucky in that there was a knight in shining armor just by my happened to be standing there and he was a doctor and um called Dr. Knight actually. So he was literally my knight in shining armor. And anyway, it, it was one of those moments I thought, what on earth has happened? And I wasn't sure. I, all I heard was the noise, the crap that the 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 noise as my head hit the ground but anyway um it, it turned out I did have to go to a &E, you're right and uh, it ended up that I had a stress fracture on my foot I had cracked ribs and I had two different breaks in my hand and it was all down my left side I'd just gone full full pelt down on my left side and I'm left-handed so it was it was really awkward for a long time and I have to say Aileen that it was so traumatic at the time that um now if I go near that area whether I'm running or on my or I'm on my bike I've got to either slow down and walk if I'm running and and really slow down on my bike or get off my bike it's just like the 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 thought of it when I think about it again it was it was really awful yeah but anyway I have recovered yeah, I, it's funny you say that because I am remembering another accident I had a few years ago um, where I went over on my ankle and I uh, sort of the, the road was in a bit of a camber and I went down really and fell really hard. And um, a friend said to me afterwards, every time you go past that piece of the road, you go out a bit as, as if you're trying to avoid it. <laughs> I hadn't realised I did that. But like, yeah, yeah, trauma. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, thank, thankfully, I, mean, I do remember that incident that you had, and it what well, I didn't realise. I knew that you'd hurt your foot, but I hadn't realised that it had uh, had some other. Yes. Well, yeah, it was pretty pretty scary. Yeah, it was. Anyway, so um, back to to what we're talking about today. So uh, for our uh, discussion today, we're really assuming that you haven't got a super serious wound and that you've made it back home and you're able to take a closer look at the injury and then do some first aid. And, and what we're going to talk about is the first aid and also our nutritional first aid, because that we believe comes into helping you heal. Um, so what, what would you say, Karen, are the, the first steps when you get home? 
Well, I would say that as soon as you're able, really, the number one priority is to clean the wound um, and clean it before you dress it with a plaster or any other type of dressing that you're going to use. And this really will help to reduce the risk of any infection and also encourage the, the, the start of that healing process. Um, now, remember the, the basics. And our advice is um, really to to follow the, the NHS guidelines on their website. So I'm just going to give you some ideas that's, that comes from there. And they suggest that you wash and dry your hands thoroughly. Uh, don't try to remove any anything that's embedded in the wound uh, rather than trying to take it out. Get some medical um, advice, medical support straight away. So again, either minor injuries clinic or A&E, whichever is available to you. If it's possible, then rinse the wound under running tap water for uh, five to 10 minutes. Soak a gauze pad or a cloth in some saline solution. So, um, so um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, um, solution that is... Uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Salted. Salted. <laughs> Got some salt yes. in it. Yeah, salted. Um, or tap water would do, but maybe boiling it and then letting it cool if you have the time to do that. Or maybe using an alcohol-free wipe and just gently dab or wipe the skin with it. Um, and don't use any antiseptic at this point as that might actually damage the skin. And so, so don't do that. Gently pat the area dry using a clean towel or pad or tissues, whatever you have to hand, but nothing fluffy such as a cotton wool ball because strands of that material could get stuck in the wound. And then apply sterile. Sterile was the word I was looking for, Aileen. Apply a sterile dressing, such as um, a non-adhesive pad uh, with a bandage or maybe a plaster, making sure that the plaster is big enough and use a waterproof dressing again if you do have that available. And um, a plaster or larger dressing is usually all that's needed at this uh, with these types of wounds, um, and that's going to be enough to, to stop the wound bleeding. Now, if the blood soaks through the dressing, leave it in place and add another dressing and continue to apply pressure on the wound to try and stop that bleeding. Don't take any dressings off because... If there's any sort of healing process uh, that has started, then you might sort of um, detract from that and, and, and the, the, the wound will have to start again, so to speak. Now, you might need to apply pressure to the area. And if it's a deep wound on an arm or a leg, we would really recommend that you raise it and raise it above heart level if possible, because that's really going to um, support that draining of the blood away. So so those are the NHS guidelines that I've, I've kind of given you there. So I'm not quoting that I'm just off the top of my head. <laughs> well done, Karen. You get the state badge. Um, that sounds really good. Um, so I think it's worth mentioning here that there are some normal biological processes going on with wound healing. Um, there's actually four phases in, in wound healing. And for a wound to heal successfully, all four phases must occur in the proper sequence and, and a, a, a sort of a, an estimated time frame. So the first phase is called hemostasis. And that's where the body initiates the blood clotting system and um Things like platelets and collagen and fibrin are involved in creating a clot and that stops the flow of blood. So, you know, when you cut your finger, you might have noticed that suddenly there's a, there's a lot of blood and then all of a sudden the blood stops. Well, that's because the body's created a clot to stop you um, bleeding. And then the next phase is inflammation. Now, we talk about inflammation uh, a lot on our different um, episodes and inflammation is a natural process. And there's different um, symptoms around inflammation that you'll notice. So things like pain, heat, redness and swelling. Um, and you might even find there's possibly a little bit of a loss of function. So you might, you know, if it's if it's on your knee, you might feel that your knee doesn't bend or that kind of thing. And it's just really because the inflammation is there to start the healing process. And what is happening in this phase is the body is destroying any um, unhelpful bacteria 
it's removing any debris from the wound and it's essentially preparing the wound bed for growth of new tissue. Um, and we're probably all really familiar with these symptoms and feelings, you know, when you're physically injured, even if it's just a minor injury. And this phase, you know, can last from between four to six days. Uh, and as I said earlier, it's it's really associated with swelling, reddening of the skin, heat and pain. And, you know, usually, you know, we're not feeling great when all of this is going on. But this is really a, a, the phase that we can help with nutrition. And um, that's what we're going to talk about today. So, Karen, what nutrition would um, you suggest that people should be considering in this phase, sort of on that first day and then maybe the next four to five days where all this inflammation is going on? Yeah, well, I think really for all injuries, you want to be considering what nutrients are required for the repair process and for supporting that inflammatory process that you've just been speaking about, Aileen. So I would say the likes of protein, collagen and the many anti-inflammatory nutrients that that um, are available and that we speak about a lot, like you say. Now, there will be a higher requirement for protein to repair and replace cells and replace tissue. Now, my suggestion would be to increase your protein intake over and above what you normally have at, at each meal. And you could do this by um, making your protein portions larger, and by uh, maybe adding extra protein-rich snacks, or maybe uh, it, for, for, for you, it would be about um, adding a protein powder supplement. It depends what works best for you as an individual. So, But those, th- those would be the key ones for, for the, this phase of recovery. Yeah, you mentioned collagen there, Karen. So collagen is used as part of the blood clotting process and, and also for the formation of new tissue and skin. And then the anti-inflammatory nutrients, what they're going to do is help support pain relief and, and help with the swelling. So, I mean, I guess traditionally, you know, the medical profession might say to you to consider ibuprofen or paracetamol to manage these things. But you you sometimes can effectively do that with anti-inflammatory nutrients or or maybe with a, a combination um, yeah that was my next question to you alien do you think that you can do this effectively with with food only or do you feel that um that supplements should be considered during this phase well personally i, I do both I, I guess you would make a decision on how much pain and inflammation there might be. Um, I think if you're in a, an acute situation, um, then you know having a therapeutic dose of specific specific supplements might help optimize the healing process. Um, so yeah, you you might need to take some advice from somebody, and obviously it'll depend on if you're on any other medication and that kind of thing. But um, you know you've got to support yourself so you're not in a necessary uh situation but you're supporting the the what's yeah. going on yeah absolutely and you were saying there Aileen that you you do you do both so what do you have in your nutrition first aid kit for when you injure yourself yeah well the benefit of being a nutritional therapist is you have lots of different supplements at your <laughs> available for you for any eventuality which is great um so what I did and, and do it would be that in the first few days of healing um, I'd add one or two protein shakes in addition to my meals and um, and I'd also take a collagen su- supplement alongside some turmeric and a vitamin c and I have to say for me that's a tried and tested solution and I feel that that's really helped me recover well you know within you know two to three weeks of having you know, an injury that's been quite debilitating. Um, So is there anything else that you would do at this stage, Karen? Well, yes, Aileen, when I think back to that injury, when I thought I'd I'd broken my ankle, but in fact, it was just really severely sprained, I just wanted to do everything I could to recover efficiently so that I could get back to to my running. So I was looking at um, food, but also I did include supplements as well. So I included um, additional protein like we've been speaking about, and I used it in the form of protein powders because it was just an easy way for me to get uh, a much higher 
higher intake of protein as a serving. And um, and also I use supplements, including magnesium. Um, I had an antioxidant um supplement and also CoQ10 and omega-3 fatty acids and the omega-3 fatty acids were in the form of DHA, vegan DHA um, because that's the, the the way that the body utilises it it's, a, it's um, the most bioavailable form for the body so really most of the, the, the supplements I would take in were anti-inflammatory and also supporting energy production um, and that to, to, to really support that healing process and the other thing I did use was um, arnica cream for the for the bruising because I found through the years that that has been really helpful as well so um so so that's our personal experiences um thinking about wounds in general what I would say is when you you know, going back to dressing your your wounds and things, and once you've done that, what you might want to do is um things to help reduce any excessive inflammation. So helping to support that um that that uh, de-inflammation or, or that anti-inflammatory situation. Although you know, inflammation following an injury is is um a natural process you don't want it to be prolonged and so i'm sure everybody will have heard of the the rice method it's a well recognized first aid method of supporting wounds so rice actually stands for rest ice compression and elevation and it really is key to treating um any acute soft tissue injury and sometimes when we have a wound injury it's also accompanied by that soft tissue injury as well so Really, the objective of the the rice method is to control that initial inflammation and get the healing process started early. Um, and 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 in the immediate phase of a sports injury, there is swelling, there's redness, there's warmth, there's that pain that all of those things that you spoke about earlier, Aileen. So. So when we think about step one of rice, and that's the rest. So when you've experienced an injury, it really is about stopping as soon as you can. You know, stop the activity immediately if you can. You know, if you're running, walk. Um, if you if you're walking and um, you're close, it's about getting home as soon as possible so that you can you can um, you can rest the injury and rest as much as possible really for the first couple of days. Avoid putting weight on the injured area for uh, from twenty four to forty eight hours, whichever part of the body that is. And also resting will prevent any further bruising. So it's it, it is a key part of that healing process. And then step two is ice. So that's about really applying an ice pack that is um, covered. So cover it with a light absorbent towel or something like that and just apply the ice pack for 15 to 20 minutes every two to three hours. And again, keep that going for the first 24 to 48 hours after the injury. And the cold is really useful in helping reduce the pain, but also helping reduce the swelling. And if you don't have an ice pack, just a bag of frozen peas or frozen sweet corn or something like that will do the trick. So um, so it doesn't have to be an ice pack. You don't have to have that in your freezer. Well, it's funny because when I had my accident, the one that I mentioned at the beginning of our chat, um, I actually used frozen adami beans. And I've got so much teasing about that from my friends because they were like, oh, only you would have frozen adami beans as a nutritionist. You know, everybody else frozen peas. Um, but they still did the job, I have to say. Um, but more recently, what I did was I bought a gel pack um, to keep in the freezer. And so it's it's like um, a sports aid. It's especially designed to wrap around joints or to use as a flat pack, you know, so you could use it as a pad on your back or your hip, um, or you could wrap it around an arm or a knee. Um, and uh, that's that's being used um, on and off, you know, when I've had things needed. So it's just, just always there. And I have to say, it's pretty good for hot flushes too. So if you have one of those hot flush moments, if you just sort of lay that on your, on your chest, it really cools you down quickly. So it's been a good investment. Oh, that is alien. That's really good tricks on how to use it as well. So, and I take it it's it's affordable, is it? 
Yeah, I guess it was about 10 or 15 pounds, I think. Um, You know, I thought it was, I I got it for a specific problem. And then I thought, I thought, oh, actually, this is quite handy. I can use it in other ways. So, um, you know, ready for ready for anything really so so moving on to the you know the c part of the rice method which is a compression uh, would you say that compression is needed if you just have a wound type of injury I would say probably not alien, but I guess it does depend on the on the type of injury that you've got. But what you might need to consider is the elevation uh, aspect of rice. So raising the injured body part above the level of the heart, like we were saying before. And this helps to reduce the pain, the throbbing and the swelling. And and you could maybe just use a pillow. And that might just be enough to achieve the um, appropriate elevation that you need. And um, and really, the injured area should be kept raised whenever possible. And I know that can be really difficult when you've got a busy a busy life. But if you can, you know, sit down, raise raise your leg, raise your arm, whatever it may be, as much as you possibly can. And I think. I suppose um, other considerations alongside a wound is to assess if there are any developing injuries. I think sometimes after a day or two, you start to notice other parts of your body are hurting or injured. And if that's the case, then we would really suggest that you seek professional advice um, because your injury may be more serious than you first thought. Because quite often I, I find or I think that maybe... Clearly, it's going to be the most painful injury that is going to take up your mind and your time and your concern. But there could be other things going um, on in other places with different symptoms that aren't quite so painful. But like I was saying, maybe more serious than you think. So do get them checked out. So um, that's a really good point, Karen, because, you know, sometimes it's when you actually start running again, you realise that there's something different going mm-hmm. on. And also at that point, it's good to go and speak to, you know, a physio or a medical profession- professional and just say, I had a fall a couple of weeks ago and now I'm noticing this. Um, yes. Yeah, they can give, give you some advice. Definitely, definitely. Now, Elaine, you mentioned four phases of wound healing. What are the other two? You've mentioned two already. What are the others? Yeah, well, the the third phase is what is um, known as the uh, sort of prophylactive, I can't say it, phase. Proliferative. Yeah, Yeah, it's the third phase anyway. And and what happens there is that um, there's there's stages within this phase. And and what is happening is that the wound is is being filled, the, the wound margins are contracting, and the, there is covering of the wound with um, with tissue. And you, you might notice it might be a scab forming and there might be tightening across the skin. You know, that sort of feeling where you think, oh, it feels a bit tight. Well, that's all, um, you know, we recognize that as signs of healing. Um, and this phase can last anything from four to 24 days. And then the, the, the final phase is the remodeling phase. And that's where the new tissue is growing and it gains strength and flexibility. And in this phase, the the collagen fibers reorganize, the tissues remodeling and maturing. And and this can, um, you know, really change from wound to wound. You know, the time frame can can take, you know, a longer period depending on what the, the wound is. So anything from 21 days up to two years. And again, you know, this the you know one of my longer term injuries was a a gash on the knee and I didn't think that the the scarring was ever going to go away I just thought well I'm going to be left with this forever but actually you know probably five years later you can hardly see it and so I guess that's where they they talk about this remodeling phase that eventually you know you can can be healed Um, I'm just remembering something else that my pharmacist actually suggested to me was using something called, I think it was called body bio oil. And that was um, after the, the wound had healed to massage that in. And that really helps with uh, reducing scarring. So if scarring is an issue for you, it might be another one to to consider. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So I think it's really important to remember that the body will go through a natural healing process, but we can help that by taking prompt action and taking the first important steps. And by doing that, it will really help initiate that healing process. So Aileen, what would you say is the aim? You know, we've spoken about different nutrients, but what is the key aim of a nutritional program when thinking about wound healing? Well, really, we're we're thinking how can we support the healing process through each of the phases that we've talked about. And and we're particularly focusing on managing inflammation, reducing swelling and providing the nutrients that we need to rebuild tissue and skin. And, you know, for most healthy people, if you're in good health, you'll probably be able to heal naturally and quickly. But if your immune system is compromised for any reason, um, you might need some additional nutritional support. Um, And also, you know, I think our main aim is, you know, we want to get back on the road. So we want any additional support we can to heal quickly and so that you can get back to your run training as quickly as possible. And, you know, in that case, I would describe nutrition as being your secret weapon. You know, that's how you can bounce back quickly from from any injury. So, you know, thinking about that, Karen, uh, you mentioned some some nutrients earlier on. Um, where would you start with all of that? Well, I think there are probably several um, key foods and supplements that can help the body heal heal faster after an injury so you can get that efficient recovery and back to your running. And I think protein, as we've spoken about already, would be um, really important here. So increasing your intake of protein-rich foods, and I'm thinking of foods such as meat and fish and eggs, cheese, lentils, beans and pulses if you don't eat any meat. And they will all provide the key amino acids that will help to promote the repair of cells, the repair of tissue and of skin. So um, so definitely protein rich foods. Also, vitamin C. Uh, vitamin C helps the body make collagen. So that collagen that you were speaking about earlier, Alien, and it's really essential uh, to wound healing because it helps the the body form new tissue. Now, good sources of vitamin C, we've spoken about these um, a lot, are citrus fruits, uh, red bell peppers are really good, broccoli, dark green leafy veg, strawberries, kiwis as well are, are really good sources of vitamin C. So those would be the, the ones that spring to mind for me, Aileen, as, as starters. Uh, what about you? What would you consider? Um, well, we, we mentioned earlier, you, you were talking about omega-3 fats and I mentioned turmeric. So these are the nutrients that would be really helpful to manage pain and, and limit that excessive inflammation, uh, which will help speed up the recovery. So, you know, as you, as you mentioned, Karen, you can get um, omega fatty acids from from supplements um, and also you can get natural sources from food. So I'm thinking oily fish like salmon and sardines. And then things like nuts and seeds. So chia seeds and walnuts are particularly good and also soybeans. Um, So that would be, you know, a good way of getting the omega-3 fatty acids in. And then really, you know, when I'm thinking about turmeric, I'm really thinking of it from a therapeutic point of view. Um, So I'm thinking of a turmeric supplement. Um, You can add turmeric uh, spice to your meals and you can have it, um, you know, fresh turmeric or or spiced in the spice form in things like lattes and, and turmeric tea, but it's probably not going to be at a potent enough dose to make a difference in that situation. So that's why I would recommend um, a supplement under supervision. Um, and then the other nutrients which are helpful um, for wound healing and for the immune system are zinc. Um, you can get zinc in meat, seafood, and also in things like chickpeas, lentils, beans, nuts, and seeds. Um, vitamin C is very good. Um, so the foods that are high in vitamin E are almonds, hazelnuts, and sunflower seeds. And then also think about um, beta carotene or, or vitamin A. So if you think about all the yellow and orange vegetables that you can think of, they will contain good levels of beta carotene. So things like carrots, squash, pumpkin, yellow peppers, that type of thing. Um, what I would say is be cautious about adding any of these nutrients as supplements. So you really need to, as advice, 
ask advice from either your medical practitioner or a, a, from a nutritionist. Um, you know, just as a high level um, reminder, if you, you know, it's recommended that you don't take high doses of vitamin A if you're pregnant or if you're trying to conceive or if you have liver disease. And, and also vitamin E may interact with medications and may increase the risk of bleeding. So if you're taking blood thinners, um, you should always ask your doctor before you take vitamin E. Um, so, yeah, they would be my my top level ones that I would suggest, Karen. Now, you, you mentioned Arnica cream earlier. So I was wondering if there's any other topical creams or ointments that you would use to help with wound healing. Well, the general advice would be not to add any topical creams or ointments to an open wound um, for maybe obvious reasons. But once the wound is dry, you might want to consider using some topical treatments to, again, enhance or speed up that healing process that we're speaking about. So, for example, you can actually apply zinc to the skin. It comes in the form of a, of a cream and that can help to support that that sort of rapid wound healing. You could also try aloe, so as an aloe vera, as a cream or a, or a gel. You can get it in both forms. And um, and that's been, you know, aloe has been used traditionally to treat minor wounds for, you know, many, many years. And like like you said, and, and I mentioned earlier, I personally use Arnica cream and um, it has been shown to be really helpful in reducing bruising. So, so some really key nutrients um, in different formats, be it creams, be it supplements, be it in food. So lots of of things out there to, to support you. So, um, so really thinking about healing that wound, the key ones would be your protein, your vitamin C, your turmeric, your omega-3 fatty acids, and maybe also thinking about a collagen supplement and, and clearly also remembering the food sources of different nutrients, including vitamin A, vitamin E and zinc. So after all of that, Aileen, shall we pause for an advert break? Yeah, sure. So we take this moment in the episode just to share a little bit about what we do outside of the podcast. And today we're going to talk to you a little bit about our um, online program, Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. And Karen and I, just like you, we're busy working women. Um, we run for health, fitness, achievement and some fun along the way. Um, but over the years, even as nutritional therapists, we've had our own personal running performance struggles. I think it goes with the the territory of being a runner um you you have to uh, go with the flow and sometimes the flow is not easy um and you know what i would say is that we've managed to resolve those struggles with a foundational everyday healthy eating plan and then we fine-tune um our eating plan with sports nutritional principles and that helps us maximize our running performance and minimize injury and uh, that's what obviously we're talking about today so our Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners is quite a short and sweet video program. You can actually complete it in 30 minutes a day over two weeks, or you can take as long as you need to. Um, and if you've been listening today and thinking you'd like to know more about how to apply everyday nutrition alongside sports-specific nutrition, then we think this program is a great place uh, to give you information and easy action steps too. So if you're interested in finding out more, please look at our website, which is runnershealthhub.com. If you look at the top menu bar, uh, you'll see work with us and that will drop down to all of our products and services and you'll be able to find um, Easy Nutrition for Healthy Runners. If you click on that page, you'll find out everything you need to know. Um, but do feel free to ask us any questions, send us an email or jump on a free call and we can suggest if it's the best program for you. Um, so just finally to, to say thank you to you as one of our valued listeners, we, we have a special offer for you to use. It's available for all of our listeners. Um, so if you want to, um, get involved and purchase the program, just all you need to do is use the coupon code pod. So that's P O D and you'll get a 33% discount off the full price. And that brings it down to 199 pounds. And uh, there's also a multi-payment option, so you can spread the cost over three months if you'd like to do that. 
Um, so we'll put the details in our show notes. And as I say, it's on the website and we'd love to see you over in the programme. Thanks very much, Aileen. Okay, so far today, we've been talking about what to do for a nutritional, from a nutritional first aid point of view, if you are unfortunate enough to have an accident when you're out running, or maybe not when you're running. Um, So what we thought we'd do today is is finish with a chat about how to minimise those risks, the risks of any accidents when you are specifically out running. Um, And as the saying goes, you know, prevention is better than than cure and I do I do believe in that I agree with that now I think it all centers around being mindful about the environment you're in and also your footwear that's really important as well so if we think about the environment that you're in I think considerations would be the likes of remembering just to look ahead so you can see what's coming up then you'll be able to anticipate any changes underfoot now the weather may make the ground or road potentially quite hazardous. So, for example, the likes of leaves, and leaves are so slippery, um, gravel, mud, rocks, ice, snow. And around where we live, the the river, because it's tidal, the river overflows. And just the residue water that's left on the paths by the river makes those paths really, really slippery as well. So there are many different um, hazards along the way that you wouldn't expect to find necessarily. So if you are aware of the terrain, you will be much more cautious of your foot placement and and perhaps even consider changing your route um, if you know that in certain areas it is going to be quite hazardous. If you are trail running, you want to be aware of small holes, of tree branches, of tree roots as well, and slippery rocks, which might not be visible until you're almost on top of them. And a, a tip would be when you're you're declining, so when you're going downwards, it, it, it would be advisable to just keep the focus down slightly. So you're just looking down, but slightly forward of where your feet are falling. And sort of talking of that, that the declines, you know, lots of falls seem to occur on the d- downhill. So it's really about trying to control your speed and keep your head in a position where you're able to um, to avoid any obstacles that might be above you as well. So as well as underneath, you want to to ensure that. And thinking about tree branches again, you know, they can be in bushes, they can be sticking out and you're so busy looking at the ground that you miss them and they hit you somewhere else on the body. So so lots of reasons to be to be really observant. I think it is tempting on a downhill to open up your stride, but that could lead to to a fall as well. So do try and think about controlling your stride on your downhill as much as possible. Loose gravel on the on the downhill, I think, is particularly hazardous, um, and and it's it's a real it's, it's it's a really bad combination. You know, the downhills and the loose gravel is 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 not good for runners. So, Aileen, there are, those are a few things to consider to, to help prevent an injury. Are there any other environmental things that you can think about? Well, I'm just thinking about all the runner stories that, you know, we've all heard about. I'm in quite a few uh, Facebook groups for runners and people are always putting pictures of their injuries on and telling, telling stories about what's happened to them. So, you know, it can be anything from collisions with other runners, with dogs like you had with Bella, um, or it, might, it might be a dog that doesn't belong to you that's running to you it could be a cyclist it might even be something as you know random as tripping on some litter um, also are you running in clear daylight or darkness you might need to think about a head torch or maybe some high-vis running kit so other people can see you as well as you've been able to see them um, and I'm remembering that my brother had a nasty fall on a, a gravel path uh, near where he lives. And, um, you know, he was complaining about it for quite a while and saying he didn't know whether that was the best place to run. And then suddenly he said, you know, I've realized what I need to do. I need to um, get I need to start wearing glasses when I'm running because I'm not actually seeing the potential hazards. Um, so he invested in getting some lightweight glasses that especially designed for sport um, and he just wears them when he's running and cycling and 
and now he can still go to the same places, but he's not worried as much about having a, an accident. Um, so those are those things, some things that come to mind. The other things that you might want to consider is, um, are you listening to music when you're running? And is this potentially taking your mind away from being conscious about your environment? Um, you know, perhaps if that's the case, if you know that you're potentially going to be in a hazardous area, you could maybe pause the music while you do that. And I know I tend to do that if I'm near heavy traffic or if I feel I'm somewhere where I really need to concentrate on my foot placement, I'll just um, pause it for a, a minute or two and then I'll go back to my the music or the podcast once I've navigated any tricky places. So that would be the things that I would think about, Karen. And I, I'm just wondering if you've got any final tips on footwear, because I think that's obviously got to play a part in accident prevention. Yeah, it does, Aileen. I do have a few ideas here. Um, I think I think it seems obvious, but uh, important to check that your laces are firmly tied so you don't trip over them. It might mean tying them in what I call baby knots, so putting them in double knots so that you know they can't come loose. And that, I would say, um, is would be more key if you are a trail runner because I've noticed when I've been out on these trails recently that that the, the bow bit of it will maybe get caught on a twig or something on the ground and it just opens the lace but if I tie it in a double knot clearly it doesn't come undone so that's something to think about um, try not to wear old worn out running shoes that don't have a good tread especially again if you're if you're running where there's residue water or there's lots of wet leaves as there tends to be sort of through autumn, winter. So really think about these things. Wear the right shoes for the job. You know, are you road running? Are you trail running? Are you fell running? And make sure that you're wearing the appropriate shoes. And if you are running on ice, maybe consider investing in some ice cleats um, and, and yes tracks, yaks tracks are a good brand. Now, this isn't something that I have ever used um, Aileen, I believe you have. Is that right? Can you tell me a bit about that or tell all of us a bit yeah. about that? Yeah, I've I've got them. I, I'm on to my second pair. I, I swear by them. I bought them originally for hill walking and, um, you know, I haven't needed to use them a great deal. But in recent years, um, mainly I've got to say since I broke my wrist, I'm very <laughs> you know, risk averse. So I, I wear them a lot in the winter for walking and also for running. Um, they're great on um, some on snow and, and also on some ice. If it's You've got to be careful what kind of ice you use them on. Um, but I, I would say if you are interested in trying them, buy them early in the season because they do get sold out. And one year mine broke and I really struggled to get another pair during the winter um so they that you just really slip them onto the bottom of any shoes or boots that you're wearing um so yeah on, on that note alien do you find that they affect your pace your 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 stride anything like that when you're running yeah, they, they will do. Um, but for me, I mean, it, it's just really about safety and feeling. Yeah. I, I feel much more confident. That's what I would say. I feel confident yeah. I can stride out and I'm not. Because sometimes I think, you know, if you're not doing what you naturally do, that can cause an accident too. So if you be super cautious and think, you know, I don't know whether I can put my foot down there, that can make a difference. But what you have to be careful of is you've. it doesn't work if the you know, on the days where it's slushy and you've got mud and grass as well as a bit of snow. So it's got to be on snow or on ice. You can't, yeah. if you if you run in that halfway thing, you're probably going to damage them and they'll break. Yeah. Um, and are they, the fairly, day, are they fairly lightweight? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So just like rubber and um, metal, really. They're just like... Um, well, I mean, the mountain climbers use them, really. That's where they started. But um, yeah. they, they are getting more sort of urban, if you like, because mm -hmm. people use them in the snowy weather. Um, yeah. And it does give you much more. I find it because I can just stride out and I'm not worried. You know, yes. uh, that makes me feel happy. Yeah. Um, and like you say, if you're a confident runner, you're less likely to, to be injured. Whereas yes. if you've been 
really cautious and you're all tense because you're worried about slipping, it's more likely to occur. So yeah, it might not be an accident, but you could tighten some muscle because yes. you're like, yeah, as you say, you're uptight. So exactly. Yeah. exactly. Or or just think if it's really snowy or icy, I'll do something else that day. I don't yes. have to go run. That's another yeah. option. <laughs> go for a swim, something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um so just sort of to round up, Karen, I was wondering if you could suggest one action point from today's episode that you'd encourage runners to put into action after today. Um, yes, what I would suggest really is um, buying your nutritional first aid supplies. I think that would be a really good um, first point, first action, and keep them in a handy place. So, for example, maybe order some turmeric, collagen, vitamin C, omega-3, a protein powder if you don't already have one, and maybe some of the topical creams and ointments that we've suggested as well. So that really, a bit like you saying, buy the Yaks Tracks ahead of time um, mm. buying your your supplements um, ahead of time so that everything is ready and you're prepared if you were unfortunate enough to um, to sustain a, a wound and and also I would just say remember plasters maybe take some plasters with you especially if you're going on a long run or you're lo- running far from home because it it might be a temporary measure but it might just help till you get um, to where you need to be and you can sort of dress it appropriately, clean it, seek the advice that you that you need. So th- that would be my my tip is to be prepared. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> OK, so although running really it, it, it isn't a contact sport, uh, the more running you do, I think there is more possibility that you will have an unexpected accident so really taking on some of these prevention um um uh strategies that we've been speaking about is much better than having to cure them afterwards um so really thinking about um what we've spoken about today and really hopefully the 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 advice that we've given you will help minimize the risk of accidents and injury for you when you are running especially during the win- the autumn and winter months, I think. So on that note, Aileen, could I maybe ask you to round up with today's takeaways before we close? Yeah, sure. So the key advice is if you have an accident when you're out running, please assess the extent of your injury before you continue your run. So think about swelling and pain. If you've got an open wound, is there any potential broken bones or stress fractures? or potential soft tissue injuries, get help if you need it. Uh, Attending to an injury early will help you recover well, and it will um, quite possibly avoid or prevent future recurring uh, issues. So if, if you find that your injury or your wound isn't serious, then the first step when you get home is to clean and dress the wound. And then you can support the healing process through each of the phases um, that we talked about, focusing on managing inflammation, reducing swelling and providing optimal nutrition to help rebuild the tissue and the, the skin that you might have unfortunately uh, lost through your accident. Um, the important thing is to remember that if you're a healthy person, you should be able to heal naturally and quickly. However, if you ha- do have any any compromises to your immune system, you might need some additional nutritional support. Um, and as we said, you know, if, if you want to just give yourself an ex- some extra help, some of these nutrients might be really important for you. And our favorite healing nutrients uh, to consider are having optimal protein and using turmeric and omega-3s to manage inflammation and pain alongside vitamin C and collagen to promote tissue and skin growth. And remember that nutrition could well be your secret weapon when it comes to healing quickly and getting back on your run training as quickly as possible. And I think that's everything for me today, Karen. Oh, great. Thanks very much, Aileen. And um, really, thanks for sharing these nutritional first aid tips for wound healing. I think they've been really, really key. And like we said at the beginning, some of these can be or feel like common sense, but we don't always think in a common sense way, do we? So just to have it reiterated, I think is really important. So what I would say, everyone, is keep safe. 
And remember, don't let nutrition be the limiting factor in your running performance. Well, this brings us to the end of another episode of She Runs, Eats, Performs, brought to you by Runners Health Hub, helping female runners to be fitter, faster and stronger. We really hope you've enjoyed listening and you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, we'd be so grateful if you check us out on iTunes and leave a review. And once again, thanks for listening and do let us know if there are any topics you'd like us to cover in future episodes. Bye for now. We'd like to introduce you to our show sponsor, Amazing Jane Activewear for women's changing bodies, recommended as best leggings for running by Women's Fitness Magazine. We think they have everything a female runner needs. First of all, they are high compression to support your legs and bum. They have a deep waistband so they stay up and they don't move about when you run. There's a handy left pocket for your phone and a zip pocket on the waistband, which is great for your cards or a key. They also have a hidden tracker pocket for storing a GPS tracking device, and this is a unique safety feature. All Amazing Jane designs, including tanks and tops, are cut to skim, not cling, giving you confidence to look and feel great and focus on performance. Karen and I have been trialing wearing their range for a few months, and we can happily recommend them. So if you'd like to try Amazing Jane Activewear, please use our listeners' special discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases at amazingjane.com. Amazing Jane ship around the world, so please check their website for details. Thanks again to Amazing Jane Activewear for being our show sponsor and for sharing discount code RHH10 for 10% off all purchases. Mm -hmm.